Hello and welcome to this episode of Co-Creating with AI. I'm uh, Martin and with me today as usual is my co-host Rasmus. How are you today, Rasmus? I'm um, good, thanks. A little bit tired. Sat with some friends yesterday. Um, but yeah, happy tired. So feeling good. And uh, yeah, always quite excited to do these conversations. Um, how are you today? I'm good. Enjoying the sun uh, from indoors. It's quite cold out, so I'm enjoying the warmth of the indoors together with the sunshine through the window. I'm happy with that. Also, today. I had our first, uh, by the way, I had our first fan uh, fan uh, message <laughs> on LinkedIn. Like, yeah. I don't think we have that many listeners yet, but uh, someone who said they really appreciated it because it uh, took these awesome. complex topics oh. and made them quite simple, which yes. I was happy, happy to hear that we're not just making things abstract. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I didn't I, tell you that, so I just thought I'd let you know. Yeah, awesome. And uh, I actually get a couple of um contacts here and there on Twitter. And uh, I, I think uh, the email, there was an email the other day as well. Um, I can send it to you. Awesome. Uh, so today we're going to talk about collective intelligence and intelligence in general, how AI and human co-creation can shed some light on what is actually intelligence and um, how do we increase it? Uh, if, and is that something we want even? So um as always maybe you want to start off with your thoughts on that subject i mean sure uh, as always i think we, we should maybe start bringing in some other people as well soon into this um, sure but yeah I, I've, I've thought about um i've thought about intelligence quite a bit uh, naturally in in our job and and with you know the advent of artificial intelligence of course and i think an interesting perspective which i mean some are taking but i don't think it's the like the prevalent narrative is that intelligence is inherently like a, an, a collective phenomena, uh, like in the sense that if we look at ourselves as you know generally intelligent without you know arguing with that, there's a lot of different subsystems that are that intelligence or that which which that con intelligence consists of. You know, it's of course the entirety of the neural network inside of us and um, the you know, embodied cognition, all the tools that we have, the arms, etc. Um, scientists have known for a long time have been very like instrumental in our own like cognitive um, explosion um, or cognitive revolution, I think it's called. Um, and I just think it's interesting now that we sort of move ahead. And if the goal is to become more intelligent as, you know, a species, as people, as societies, um, and especially in this kind of age of AI, that, you know, one way of looking at it is we're going to build this one super smart thing, AGI. And, and maybe that's true. Maybe that will happen, right? That this one model that will be super, super smart. But there's also something on a, a bigger level where, like, what is the sum total of our intelligence? How will we work together with these new intelligent agents, these intelligent machines uh, and each other? Um, and I think like just going from the like the base of intelligence, I, I, I personally believe that intelligence is kind of a emergent property of like a, something like collective system. And if you look at you know humanity, I, I think they're very interesting like parallels to be drawn, just looking at, okay, uh, what's the intelligence of, of our system, of our global society, and, and how will that change with you know these new artificial intelligences uh, getting uh, thrown into the mix? Um, 
So yeah, that's just like my general, like my, my kind of frame. Does that make sense? Or is that like way too abstract? No, definitely. I, I, I think that um, that's the way I view um, co-creation in general with, between humans. And that's the way I view uh, co-creating with AI as well, that it's one thing to have an individual intelligence and, and as you talked about, intelligence coming in many forms. Uh, dolphins are e extremely intelligent uh, with their bodies connecting with the water and just interacting with their environment. And uh, um, you can even say like a, like a shrimp has a certain form of intelligence in, in exactly the function it has in the ecosystem. However, the AI has an intelligence that is purely intellectual. It doesn't have any limbs and any any sensors apart of the, from the text input. And not yet. Not yet. <laughs> I mean, exactly. And and that's uh, that's something it's very very adamant about. Like it, it's it, when you talk to the AI or to GPT about um, awareness and so on, it 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 has it continuously repeats almost on a loop like I, I don't have a subjective experience i think it's been taught to, to say that or think that uh through conditioning but um in any way i feel like what we're seeing now with last episode we spent the entire episode talking about autonomous ai and to me that is just it's not a, a, an aspect of ai it's just a process like Auto GPT and Baby AGI and these quite simple softwares using LLMs as a, as the reasoning core. What they're doing is to put the AI in a loop, allowing it to reason about itself and its thoughts, and come and and it's a process that makes it more reliable. And if we bring in lots of intelligences, humans, AIs, specialized, general, in the same process, then just as a is proven over and over again. A group of humans can co-create or create much more reliably than any individual. And then the same goes for AI. AI agents working in collective or AI and humans um, working together in collective will be a lot more or is already a lot more reliable than each on their own. Yeah, it's interesting there also, like I think in an earlier episode, we talked about like the importance of having an iterative loop together with AI. This was before the autonomous agents became, um, I guess, came out as, as proof of concepts. Um, and I think like it's that iterative process uh, of co-creation of, you know, a system working together and taking input from other parts of the system and iterating on them, adding their own like value add, their specialized intelligence to the mix. I think that's really where these things become interesting. So I think one of the most clever things of AutoGPT was the, if I understood this correctly, the ability to spin out sub-agents with like specific, uh, to do specific things. And if I look at the application of these agents now, they are often like uh, becoming more specialized. And I think that's like very similar to us humans, right? I mean, we could argue we're generally intelligent maybe, but that would take like almost a species view of it. Uh, I, I'd say I'm not generally intelligent. I'm good at some things. I'm really bad at other things, and uh, and vice versa with uh, with uh, I'd say I, I don't really know anyone who's good at everything, right? Who's intelligent in every way, and that's like why you, when you build a team, which I guess is like a very simple way of looking at the collectively intelligent, hopefully, um, group. 
of people in this case, right? Then the reason, like when you when you build that team, one of like the general views, I mean, you've built companies, I've built companies before, is to not have exactly the same type of intelligences in that mm. team. Because yes, if you do that, I mean, the combiases, if you're smart in one way, you're usually less smart in another way. There's usually like a, that kind of thing. Uh, but also if you want to really have a good iterative loop, what you talked about with these agents that we've given them, and if we take that on a systems view, on just a team, if you have these different types of intelligences, they can have that like a much more powerful iterative loop um, to get to whatever the goal is. Yeah. Um, this this deeply ties into two of my like, cornerstones of, of the way I've been working uh, throughout, like or or like the emergent way of of me working in my companies the past fifteen or twenty years. The, the well, two of the cornerstones are that creativity is a iteration. Like in order to be creative, you iterate. That that is has become my my definition of of creativity. And the other one is that problem solving is not about how do we solve this problem or how do I solve this problem. It's about who do I talk to to solve this problem. That yeah. and that has really helped me a lot in building companies and doing, uh, achieving anything. That and by incorporating that into the core of what I do, it changes the way I think about problems in general. It it gives me this sense that I can I can accomplish anything. Nothing becomes impossible when the first question I ask is who who will help me solve this problem? Because then mm. the world opens up, and my mind, like when by ingraining that, my mind starts seeing problems in a different way. They are not problems anymore. It's just like paths of how who do I reach out to at this moment? Yeah, that's really interesting, actually, taking kind of the, okay, so I, I would argue that we've been like collectively intelligent for a long time, right? I mean, that's been the basis yes. of our success as a species, right? We've been we're social creatures, we can collaborate when we hunt, for example, right? We can, and then we could specialize and work together as more, you know, complex societies with like the agrarian revolution, etc. right? You could take, take that whole view. Um, but looking at it like... <clears throat> Now going forward, taking like collective intelligence into the um, into this world where we have like intelligence in the artificial form as well, I think the same principles will hold. I, I really think so. I mean, even if we build this super intelligent like one thing, like even if we do this mega AGI, this uh, hopefully benevolent Skynet, um, like like it's still just one thing. I mean, of course, it's going to be able to achieve more if it works together with, um, you know, just humanity, right, with people. So, like, in, in whatever way you look at it, like, artificial, like, even AGI will be a subset of how we work with it, right? Like, of the collective intelligence around it and, like, how, um, and all of these autonomous agents that are coming, these new type of entities we will be working with. Mm -hmm. And, uh, like, you know, like you said, um, who do I ask or who do I get help from to do this will soon be a question about agents and people, right? Mm. And then there will be an agent, hopefully, or some kind of network. I mean, we're working on that, right? But that can help me figure out who I should bring in, whether mm. that's an agent or a person, right? So on all of these different levels, I think like my main positive spin, like where I'm just like 
completely like if I really take the the um, the positive outlook on what AI can bring for us, I think it's really to to bring a new level of collective intelligence. Mm. Like I think that's the real thing. It's not like only about automating work or doing things for us cheaper, better, faster, etc. I mean that's really important. I think we can spend time on other things, but on like a long term view, AI can make us like collectively much more intelligent. Mm. Um, I think I had a point there, but I lost it. <laughs> no, I think you made a point really well. And 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 just just to reflect on one image that came, that came up in one my mind, because what you're taking is as a very positive view, which I, which I share. That that uh, um, in most likelihood, I think that the path forward to an an artificial general intelligence will will be including humanity as a as a driver, and and will actually help us accelerate towards the star or wherever uh, the stars or wherever humanity wants to go. Uh, but I just <laughs> I got this image on my my in my mind when you said that of course the that you take take it for granted the, that the AGI will see humans as useful. And uh, and I, I just to take the the negative stance is that maybe mm. the the AI or the AGI will see us as more useful if it picks us apart into like individual carbon atoms or something like that, we become more useful that way. That 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 is perhaps the, the fear of, of uh, someone who has a more negative view. Yeah, I mean that that and the kind of incentive thing, right? Like what what or the um, what does it want, right? Mm. Uh, an artificially general intelligence. Um, yes. I, I'm just like I I don't know. I think there's something here in like how we look upon intelligence because I think like. We've all brought, like, just bring it back one level. Like, mm. we all knew some people who were really smart growing up, right? They were the people who were good in school. You probably were one of them. Um, and uh, and then, like, we, we think about smart person, not smart person. I think that's, like, very ingrained in, like, the way we're brought up. Like, intelligence is one thing. And and it, a, a person is smart um, I, I, rather I, than a system is smart. Like, I, yeah, I would on. I would like to object. I I rather yeah. say I want want to think that this per this person is smart with their body. This person is smart with their mind. This this person is smart with their creativity. Like that we all like that. That's what I see, especially in like in uh, when watching my kids grow up. That they grow up to be smart in different ways. And yeah, no, I completely agree. Yeah. I completely agree. That's that's the way it is. Mm. I just think like at least I don't know. We're all brought up different ways, right? But. I think for me, at least, there's been like this focus on intelligence as a singular thing. Mm. Like, as, as some, even if you take that view, like that person is really smart in that way or really good in like, uh, and, and less so on like um, groups and systems being intelligent. And I really do think like, if you just look back at the internet and the way of, you know, globalization, you can argue, of course, of, of uh, bad things with that as well. But it's really become like humanity becoming a more like intelligent organism. Then you could ask that it's like optimizing for the wrong things, etc. But it is optimizing for the goals we we collectively give it, right? And I really think that in the internet enabled like a lot more of that, a lot more intelligence. Um, and I think AI will be like another stepping stone in in that way. And um, I don't know. I mean, we already have like. A, yeah, I, I just think that's like, in my mind, it's such an obvious accelerant to doing things together and, and creating more things. Um, 
And I think like, if you just take the, I mean, I don't know if I would call it artificial intelligence, but I think it's a fun view to take like organizations, just companies, right? In why, one way, I think they could be called like initial artificial intelligences because they're like systems, uh, like algorithmic in, in many ways, right? Uh, the first organization, many argue, is like Napoleon's army, where he had like role descriptions for each uh, role in the army so that mm. one, like the person could be replaced, which was like that algorithm, like, of how are we getting like how are we getting the order done? How are decisions made? How does information flow? Um, which it's in some ways, yeah. I mean, you could argue it's a very basic artificial intelligence, and I I think this will, and they have become bigger and bigger and, and more accomplished at getting things done. And I don't know. I just uh, I just imagine that we're not going to take a completely different route. It's still going to be about what we as humanity want, and then now we have completely new. I mean, tools and intelligences mm. to to do that. Um, yeah. And and uh, speaking of the Napoleon, one one thing that will be, I think, uh, very clearly figured out over the next couple of years using AI agents is that is is a hierarchy actually an optimal configuration, or and if so, for what tasks and a loose network of individual or autonomous agents working together, requesting and performing tasks for each other um, might be an, a, a better organization for, for certain tasks. And AI allows us to really like perform A-B testing on that on, on, on a big scale. So, and, and maybe there are completely different uh, or other uh, configurations of networks that can emerge and among AI agents that we can translate back to to how humans work together. Yeah, definitely will be an interesting experiment in that. That will also be able to like experiment at much higher speed. Um, definitely, and will be like very data validated, right? What is the opt? Yeah, I mean, it's a really interesting, interesting perspective. I haven't thought about that before, uh, but I think like also like this. Is, it seems like almost like obvious that in some way even if you package something as agi in five years because we deem that that's an agi it will have different parts of it right mm. it will not just be one thing there will be sub intelligent systems comprising that yes. uh, you know the ability to use tools and and uh, memory and uh, all these things that are emerging as like primary i don't know foundations i'm not sure what the right word would be but primary necessities for an intelligent like highly intelligent system mm. um so i really just think that I, I i don't know i just don't want to take the human out of the loop there i think like I, that's why i'm i don't know i really liked what emad mustak at, at stability ai like tweeted like a week or so ago like swarm a swarm intelligence is bigger than uh, artificial general intelligence mm. and i just think that's like in my view, that's ob obvious from a first principle things. If there's one AGI, then of course that as part of something bigger is going to be, you know, something bigger. But it's also like not to forget that it will be us working with these AIs. Mm -hmm. uh, and the way we do that will be very, very, uh, a very, very important part in what we get out of it, like uh, as a society and as people. I don't know if there's a, a big point in there, but. But what do you think, like, if we look, look forward, Martin, like what, uh, if you just think like where we are now mm. with, uh, with the way we work together and like our collective intelligence with AI emerging. And like, if you, if you look, uh, if you look forward a bit, where do you think like this will be in a, I don't know, 
you pick the time frame, three, five, ten years. Yeah, so I think that the the biggest change will be that AI will, um, like like the the way we see AI right now is in a in a chat box in a specific uh, web page, and uh, and uh, we see them as an API that we can call with with code, and we will will be layers upon layers upon layers of interact interaction with AI on top of that until we. And that's that's work that is already going on with Eleven Labs uh, voice uh, generation and uh, DID is using is doing this um, um, early work on on uh, digital and uh, like animating images into digital streamed avatars that you can if you provide them with a voice they will move as if they speak and um, and uh, so AI will. Uh, the biggest apparent or visual change will be that AI will move towards interacting with us uh, as we are, as we are interacting with each other, like move into um, probably into Slack and maybe in, into our everyday lives in a, a lot of like in, in, into human interfaces. And yeah. uh, I don't, I don't see a big reason to have an AI as an avatar and, like as a visual avatar, I th- I think, and and I think voice is op- not always optimal. Uh, uh, it's a, it's a very low bandwidth way of communicating, but but all of these modes will be available to the AI, and um, so that's one thing. Like how you, AIs communicate with with humans, but then how AIs communicate with each other that will also be an explosion especially once the AI gets to build tools for themselves to interact with each other and iterate over the tools, like the like the vector databases and the forums and the chats that are um, available for AI uh, and for AIs to speak with, with each other. Maybe it will be like boiling down to digital protocols, like binary, hyper-high bandwidth protocols in the end, and that humans are... are impossibly can understand um mm. but um but so that, that like that that re that to me that it will go into different directions there and uh, and but my hope is that um there will be an of course that we talked about that um and my hope and belief that the ai will have an incentive to affect the human world and have very strong interfaces into the human world as well and not be too to sort sort of um, and thrill about this, the the high bandwidth communication with other digital entities. It's interesting. There come a bunch of things here when you talk about that. Like first of all, like I just think about gaming. I haven't been like a huge gamer since I was younger, and then like the NPCs, the non-player characters, were so basic and so stupid. Like mm. unless they were like programmed like step by step in the conversation, usually, right? Uh, you could say something, it would say something. Um, and now, like, you're starting to see, like, these gaming examples where you have these non-player characters powered by ChatGPT given a personality and it really, like, interacts as a human and you don't really know what it's going to do. Um, and if you bring that out into all our human interfaces, I mean, not even taking robots in the physical world, which is coming. I saw one example with, like... Uh, whatever, like the one uh, that Boston Dynamics, uh, where you could talk to the talk to the robot now and ask it things. Um, but I think like 
in the different interfaces we interact with each other, there will be these non-player characters. So in that sense, um, it will like a little bit turn our lives a little bit more like a video game. Like we interact with each other, but there's also this, <laughs> yeah. this very active non-player character community that that hopefully we can uh, work with uh, to our uh, individual and collective benefit right but that's just like a one perspective that came up and then like i think it's interesting what you said with the high bandwidth communication there's um there's a bunch of like sci-fi examples of this like in the long earth series you have these super smart humans emerging that develop their own way of speaking to each other that's just like much more information dense and then they just don't enjoy interacting with normal humans same thing in like the movie her right where the yes, ai's yes. just get bored of humans quite quickly and they just move <laughs> away somewhere yeah and to, hang out to build, with each to other. build something greater and like yeah. they they start envision a greater society that they have the opportunity mm. to build and the, mm. the humans started sort of drag them down yeah, yeah. and but i think just so on. yeah just one just, thought i wanted to share that is also like part of this what will happen if in in the future um Right now, a big discussion is like, will AI replace uh, our uh, the humans in our jobs? And of course, it will in, to certain extents. And and we will be happy because we will get most people will be happy. We can get new jobs that we enjoy even more. Um, and but but there's this this thing like software developers are are uh, talking about will AI be able to replace uh, us developers, like yeah, to a certain extent, but they are more like they're gonna assist us. And but the the the, the truth is like it, and like to to big extent, AI is gonna replace software. Like yeah, developers, yeah, it, it, AI will start to be able to develop software and replace developers, but also developers are not gonna be needed as much when interfaces like. We have so complicated interfaces to enter sales data and read statistics and like interact with data in so complex ways, and there's a lot, there's a huge amount of mm. human effort going into that, like millions of hours every day, literally hundreds of millions of hours going into building these intricate user interfaces. That I hope will just go away, almost all of them, and like we, so that humans can interact with other humans and not with these like screens and and so that's and that's a positive development that i see yeah definitely definitely i think we're rounding off like we're up at 30 minutes ish now so yes. we probably should round off um i don't know there's something here i also i mean I, I i agree in principle with like the alignment problem is something like you can discuss and you can argue i think in in many ways about and i mean i can't say anything for certain there right just like we, we no could, one else we could, can maybe we can like at some point do an episode on that just so, yeah. like and yeah, just take that like take all the doomsday scenarios as well as well and talk about them because i feel like uh, it's it, it's an important thing to, to take into consideration but it's also very important to to look at the creative side and and to be positive uh is a, is for me a requirement to be creative yeah, and I think like just to round this off, I think definitely let's take that in another episode. I would need to do some re more research, I think, uh, for that. Um, but I think like the negative outlook, we all know we have it from sci-fi. The positive outlook, I think, is for me at least quite central around what we talked about today. It's like, wow, 
collectively and individually, of course, what can we do? You know, what can we what can we create and how smart can we be together if we have these? Um, yeah, I mean, in the future, you describe all of these NPCs, all of these agents supporting us in, in, in doing that. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and for me, at least, that's a very positive frame on why we like, why are we building a like uh, AGI or like AI? Mm. Because we want to, you know, we want to create more together. Um, yeah. Definitely. Uh, we'll round off here. And uh, there's so like the, this felt like a starter on so many topics. Like there is yeah. there's so much material here to talk about in future episodes. And to you, the listener, thanks for staying with us all this way through the episode. And if you have any comments, just shoot an email to Martin and or Rasmus at multiply.co. And let's uh, uh, connect again in the next episode. Thanks, Martin. Thanks, Rasmus.